0: On today's episode, we discuss Justin Fields and his record-setting performance, the defending Super Bowl champs, officially now the Chumps, and undefeated comes to an end during NFL Week 10. This and much, much more. It's time to Sideline the Agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott, and with me is Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, U.S. soccer is gay. It's official, officiating sucks, and NFL players want their ass back on grass. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right, welcome everybody to sideline the agenda. A little bit of programming note up front, up top. Typically, we've been doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. Just to let you guys know, we'll be hitting you up Tuesdays, Fridays, um, uh, and, and, and and dialing it back just a little bit, but uh, uh, still giving you the uh, the good hot takes and um, the, the the fun times in regards to your sports entertainment and the uh, the agenda. Um, speaking of agendas, did you know, Chris? Uh, Kyrie Irving, he's he's officially not an anti-Semite. And do you know? <laughs> do you know how we know this? Well, uh, suspended Brooklyn guard Kyrie Irving and the Nets appear to be on a path towards reconciliation, though it remains unclear when the seven-time All-Star will return to the court. Nets owner Joe Sy said Friday that he and his wife Clara spent time with Irving and his family and came away from the meeting convinced that Irving does not. Have anti-Semitic beliefs, so isn't that wonderful? Joe Sigh and his wife uh, met with Kyrie and uh, looked at his soul and found it pure. <laughs> uh, and and also Adam Silver had a similar uh, interaction as well. The the Supreme Leader uh, Commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, came down from his mighty throne uh, to to the lapers to the average folk. Uh, uh, here down on this lowly earth. And from high, he looked into Kyrie Irving's soul and he judged it pure and not anti-Semitic.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I couldn't really tell because he still didn't allow him to play. But you are now worthy. You are worthy to hold the hammer here, Kyrie, but you may not use it. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous being judged by a man that literally works with the Communist Party for profit and doesn't speak about any of the atrocities going on over there. You're getting judged by that guy. Yeah, <laughs> actual ridiculous. actual
0: human rights actively ha- uh, being violated right now. Whether it's slave labor, ch- child labor, putting together your nice little Nike tennis shoes, or uh, the Uyghurs actively uh, being put in concentration camps, uh, work work uh, prisons, uh, and 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 being killed uh, by the communist Chinese, yep. uh, that uh, bums the word baby. But you post a, a documentary on Twitter. Uh, uh, no comment for or against. Uh, oh, no, we you, we you have to stand before the court, the high supreme court of uh, your great grand leaders. And uh, they get to then judge you and your uh, mindset. And like we said, whether or not you have pure intentions or not. But that's a great point, Chris. It's like, yeah, you're you're not. I, I you're not anti-Semitic. You still can't play. I still don't want you yeah. on my team. <laughs> I'm still I'm still going to take you're money still not from there you. Yet though. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're still getting your lashings. Though we're still yeah. gonna you're we're still not gonna done put with you... this public lashing yet. Exactly. You've still got a
1: hundred more lashes to go we're here only in the about public square. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my Jeez. gosh! It, well, you know, and this again is because, like we were saying last show that. Uh, you know, this wasn't well received. Like the, his six steps to redemption, you know, that they set yeah. up, that the league set that up for him. Put a lot of people off. Oh, it did. It really did. And so, whoa, they're like, uh oh, we got a bit of a PR situation here. We better back this thing up a bit. So, oh, we met with Q him. LeBron. Yeah, exactly. Q LeBron. Get LeBron <laughs> out there. Exactly. Uh, pick up the red phone to LeBron. Get him out there. He needs to address the, uh, the workers, the head worker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the head guy, the house guy uh, needs go out. A worker, and, yeah. and, and he needs to address uh, uh, the, the the lowers and uh, let them know that everything's cool, everything's kosher, <laughs> pardon the pun, and um, <laughs> you know uh, uh, that uh, we should we should all move move forward uh, from this because we've now we've met with him and we now at least recognize that he's not anti-Semitic, uh, but again we're still going to continue that public scare, square lashing because uh, they're not giving him his money back, right? It's not like oh oh no. we, we met with him and we realized that uh, you know he's not anti-Semitic. That wasn't his intent. So our bad, five-game suspension without pay, we're going to back that up. We're going to pay you. Like, they're not doing that. He's still no. getting his lashings. I I don't know. Does he still have to go through his six-step program to redemption? I have no idea. Yeah, um, they haven't really updated um, that. Yeah, they haven't said that, have they? So It's been very vague. So it's like behind the scenes. Um, so so is this really like the the one of the final meetings that was stated in that six-step uh, program of, of where, where, where Joe uh, Asai was supposed to, Meet with Kyrie and, and then judge. Like well, now, what did you learn? What did you learn, huh. Kyrie? <laughs> Here's did your you, homework. Yeah. What did you? Let me talk. Let's talk about your sympathies to the oppressed and the, uh, um, you know, <laughs> the, the the people of uh, of, of you know, uh, minor not minority, but uh, what's what's the term that they always throw throw around? Uh, Semitic. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, more or less the. The impressed class, the social class—you know, um, you, what did you, how, your sympathies and your your your, uh, uh, you know, sensitivities around other folks—you know, um, right. like we we want to ro- reprogram you and we want to make sure that you are going to fall in line in the future. You're not going to be a problem for us anymore, are you? That's really what this is all about. It reminds me of that one scene from uh,
1: Clockwork Orange where they got his like eyelids taped open and they're
0: forcing right. him to watch yeah.
1: all this content. Like, here you go, Kyrie. We're going to brainwash you into submission here.
0: Well, that's what they do. Like, you know, in Ch- communist China, like that's what people will disappear. Like North Korea, they disappear and they get re-educated, and they're not released until they spew the talking, <laughs> excuse me, the talking points.
1: Yep. <laughs> they become good little citizens. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's up to seven games, all without pay, and that makes me kind of curious. Like, how do these contracts work? Like, do they have that written into the contracts? If you get suspended for violating team policy for whatever reason, you know, we deem necessary that you there thereby forfeit your pay. Like, I don't. It seems a little suspect to me how that's thrown in there. How they can just take your pay like that for a reason like that. Yeah, I'm I'm sure they
0: are. They're covered to do that in some way, shape, or form, or it's just a free-for-all and they just make it up as they go. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised either way, to be honest. Um, Um, That's possible. And even with
1: like Nike, when you just drop someone from a contract like that, like, do you have that written in your contract? If we want to end the, uh, uh, the relationship with you, we can just terminate it and and that's it. But if you want to terminate your relationship with us, like then we're not going to pay you everything that we originally signed. And it it just seems like all the power is in on oh, one yeah. side
0: there. It's like what they're out at will con- employees or employers or something, right? I mean,
1: which is how they want it. They they want all the power so that they can tell you what to do. But I mean, this is a perfect example. The second you stray off that uh, corporate plantation, man, they come after you. Yeah, and it's it's it. It's in all aspects of America, unfortunately. It's just all these these news outlets. It's all in the, uh, the the Hollywood studios. It's in all of the sports entertainment. It's it's in all of the sports leagues. It's 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 in the it's in the scientific community. <laughs> it's in the medical industry. It's in the education system. <laughs> it's man. It was you. You get outside of what the system and the information they want to to have out there. You know you're ostracized, and you could be a practicing medical heart surgeon for four decades with a flawless record. And the second you come out and go against the COVID narrative, just based on evidence after evidence after evidence, they want to take your license. And that's a Dr. McCullough and that's an actual thing that has happened.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And it's, it's they just want, they want to take your livelihood because they know if they do that, then they can control you. And, and, and worst of all, like you said, of all the places it's in, it's, it's in the game, you know, it's also encroaching <laughs> upon it's sports. True. It's here. Obviously that's one of the founding uh, reasons why we do this show uh, to point these things out because uh they it's all very nefarious in nature it's funny this is a side note but uh, espn you know watching monday night football last night they're always throwing their little promos up there and man are they so like woke now their their espn promos but it's like their their uh, main selling point as far as their espn ads is that it's like it's it's a place where all walks of life can come under one umbrella you know to enjoy sports And that cuts back to what we've been talking about, where literally verbatim, exactly that this is the last. It's it's the last area. It's the last town hall where everybody from all walks of life still gather under common interest and give attention for a certain amount of time, dedicate their eyes, ears, and brain to an entertaining, you know, uh, uh, element, product, football or sports. Um, and and then there, you know, lies the area where uh, companies, corporations, politicians, people seek to uh, control and inject their agenda, their ideas, and their mindsets. Speaking of which, uh, the United States men's national team have made a huge statement. At the World Cup in Qatar, this article, according to uh, the Daily Mail, um, by redesigning their crest to incorporate the rainbow flag in a bid to show solidarity with the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, The tournament, of course, uh, in Qatar uh, starts on Sunday. This is the World Cup, um, and uh, the U.S. team will play against Wales, um, but uh, it, there it has been hugely controversial in its buildup given that Qatar's human rights record and attitude towards homosexuality isn't like ours, isn't like the United States. Um, as re- recently as this month, a, a Qatar World Cup ambassador told a German TV broadcaster that homosexuality was damaged to the mind and it remains illegal to be gay in the conservative Muslim country. Um, so, you know, there we go. We're really sticking it to them. Uh, we've replaced the, uh, the red lines on the crest that, uh, sat underneath USA, uh, with all the colors of the flag, the rainbow flag, the LGBTQ flag. Um, and, uh, you know, isn't that just wonderful and isn't that great? Because ultimately they're not going to represent the United States of America, they're going to represent the United States of America's social agendas. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, as as far as a show of solidarity is concerned, uh, you know, I think that there's multiple ways that you could do this. You, you could still. Uh, you know, um, show support if you will, if you really want to stick it to the host nation if that's what you're into. Uh, but I, I don't know personally, I have a problem with changing the the USA crest that's on the uniform because it's not the United States of gay, you know or or, or, right. or, or, or it's not the it's not the United States of what you do with your stink. It's not the United States yeah. of what you, what gender you are or what race you are. All of these uncontrollable elements, right? You know, I mean, at least that's what we're told. Uh, uh, you know, it's 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 there, there's no skill set in any of this. <laughs> you know, this isn't what the United yeah. States is built. We're all part of the United States. All of us collectively, it's the United States is a is a, is a it's a it's a country of uh, of people who've who've immigrated and built families and, and legacies here. Uh, And you know what? Also too, some of those people have religious beliefs that don't believe in homosexuality. You know what I mean? And they don't think that that's right Right. here in America. So they're represented by our flag too. Um, You know? So anyway, I, I just thought that this was just, of course, you know, so, uh, you you know, uh, woke du jour, uh, especially in sports, uh, especially when it comes to you know the World Cup, um, it, it, and it's just platitudes. It's empty platitudes. It's a bumper sticker. Yep. You're like you guys aren't doing anything. Exactly. You're not going to change anything in guitar. You know this is this is just you. What you're really doing is you're not protesting or sh- giving it to them in any way, shape, or form. What you're doing is you're uh, virtue signaling to everybody here back at home how woke and yep. how wonderful you are.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And if just like you said, I was gonna say the same thing. It's it's an empty platitude, it is a bumper sticker, it's a slogan. If you guys really wanted to put your money where your mouth is, then boycott it. Don't go. Right. Don't send the soccer team over there. You guys were all whining, bitching, and complaining and got Russia kicked out of the Olympics because of whatever's going on over there, the Ukraine war and whatnot. You you had them not come at all. So you're pissed off, supposedly. Uh, about what's uh, going on in Qatar, so don't go. Boycott the whole thing. That's Have right. all your uh, soccer teams uh, play over here if anyone wants to come over here for exhibitions, but don't go. But they're not going to do that because it's not about that. It's just about them, exactly what you said, all those people up in San Francisco and everyone that that thinks like them, that, hey, look at us. You know We're like you. We believe what you believe in, and everyone else can just uh, just stick it. And it's all it's going to do is alienate the same people that hated the women's soccer team from four two four years ago. Um, and everything that was going on with that don't, don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. You had half of America actively rooting against that team and to do that, to make a, these social statements at expense of the country as a whole and the team that it represents, it's just pathetic and it's sad and now they're going to do that to the men's team because you know damn well there's going to be a whole lot of people that don't aren't even interested in soccer but maybe because of this big event they're going to watch it and then they're going to see this crap going on and they're back, oh, well screw that. I hope they lose.
0: Exactly. <laughs> and that's the whole and that's the whole point. is like I mean, nobody checked with me if that was okay if they're going to represent, you know, my country, right? You know, it's all of ours, right? But but nobody yep. nobody asked me. And also you like you're so right. Like I'm so glad that you said that if you really if you really cared about this. If this was a real issue, you would affect your pocketbook and you would decline to go, but they're not going, these organizations are not going to not do that because then they, they wouldn't be making the money that they would make by entering the world cup. And of course, who is, who, who produces the uniforms? Nike. This is just everything yep. to do with another social justice gesture to their clientele uh, to, to really sell shoes uh, and product. Yep. And um, like you said, Chris, it's just going to alienate a certain group of folks that were just, you know, geez, I thought that this was going to go, this these team was going to go represent me. But it seems like they're, they're trying to be a little more apparent about who they're actually representing and who are they're actually there in Qatar for. Well, geez, that's just wonderful, isn't it? I hope they change many minds over there. But you and I both know that nothing will come of it. The, the, the sole purpose of all of this is to, just to signal headlines. back home and to get into the headlines. Exactly. Um, yeah. so, so. Piss
1: all over our flag. It's disgraceful.
0: It really is. And, uh, you know, it's just, again, like you didn't have to mess with the seal. You could have done other things. And, uh, again, this has everything to do with money. If you really, if this was really an issue, if you really, if you were really, uh, against them, uh, Qatar and the, the, their, their lack of basic human rights, you just wouldn't go. Like, nope, we're not going. That's a real stance. That's what bravery would be all about. But that of course we're not gonna find out. Yeah, that.
1: you you still could have had the the normal USA patch with the USA flag, and then on the opposite side of the chest, or even next to it, if you wanted to put your little rainbow, you could you could do that. But no, you had to go in and desecrate the actual American flag because let's face it, these people don't care about America and what it stood for. They want to irrevocably change it and and form it into something completely different.
0: Well, ultimately, like the NBA, (laughs) yeah, that type of control, control (laughs) grid, not a republic. I mean, this just solidifies the fact that uh, men's soccer is gay. So it, it, it makes yeah, sense. T- t- <laughs> totally <gay>. It's appropriate. <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah, they came out. Sucks. I'm glad that they came out. You know, U.S. soccer <laughs> is uh, officially gay. And, and you know what? None of us disagree. All right, let's move they on, They need Roger- to have
1: a bunch of tra- – I'm saying they need to have a bunch of trannies on that team. Oh, That'll well really sh- <laughs> stick it to them out
0: there. <laughs> well, exactly. There you go. They should have uh, uh, just put uh, the team together with a, a bunch of uh, transgenders uh, some uh homosexual players, maybe uh March the women's team uh, out there. I was gonna say maybe some uh, um yeah, drag queens as well. Where is uh, Rapino at? <laughs> Get her out there. You know we would have really lost shown. we would have lost the first game lost but we like would have we would have made a statement. <laughs> we would have made a statement for human rights and, 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 and it that's what changed we're all about. That it would have changed minds. They would have
1: Rethought their entire Islamic exactly <laughs> religion. they would have been in the streets they would you they know, would, have they saw, would have, oh they yeah would have saw the light, the colorful rainbow light they, they would have, they would have been
0: they would have been released from all of the all of their chains they they, they would have been, <laughs> been free based off of that all right well let 's move on to the NFL um, roger goodell we 're going to get to this later uh, in regards to uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks having the first game in Germany. Um, But uh, Goodell, he doesn't want it to end there. Uh, He revealed that uh, at least four more games will be played in Germany through 2025. Uh, He said in our commitment, we're going to play the next four years at least and with at least four games Um, I would be surprised if it expanded beyond that at some point soon. Uh, Obviously, you know, he has big plans uh, for the NFL to to try to turn it into more of an international brand. Um, I don't know. This is very problematic to me. I do not like this. I hate the fact that all these teams have to travel abroad and that they're only going to increase this. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that every single team is going to have to go abroad at some point like not not excuse me not at some point I mean every season you know so there's a 32 teams Um, I'm assuming 16 teams you know 16 games rather will probably held they we will come to a season where 16 games a season will be uh, across the pond so to speak
1: yeah, I need to patent the INFL right now, the International Football League, and steal that from the NFL before they get it. That's a good This is everything to do with them prodding what countries are going to be good for them to have another team. So they're going to try and stick a team in London. They're going to try and stick a team in Germany. They had a great turnout. Uh, and they're going to try to stick a team in Mexico City. They've been playing games over there. So yeah, the next where's week that they're playing there, yeah. Yeah, where's that fourth place going to be? And that's guitar. what they're looking for next. Qatar. Yeah, here you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're going to be out there. In a, it's going to be in Moscow. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, so they'll, they're, uh, they're, they're, they'll have their social justice. Be, uh, they'll, 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 they'll have their Ukraine. The rainbows. Uh, and they'll have the rainbows in Qatar. The Qatar and, rainbows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they'll be the new team, yeah. So it'll be four teams to a division, so they're they're prodding. Where's the next place going to be? I just got to get my Twitter, stupid, I, I saw, just got
0: to get my stupid joke in. They'll go to Qatar, but then it, they'll send the Raiders. But for that sh- game specifically, they'll be the Gators, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're the the Buccaneer oh, no. dude or the 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 Pirate dude will be all rainbowed out. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, oh man, stupid joke. <laughs>
1: um (laughs) oh where was that yeah they're they're prodding (laughs) trying to find where's where's the fourth place going to be and i saw a post on twitter where they they put a poll up asking the basically asking fans like oh where do you think the next place could be and i think one was like somewhere in france uh there's a couple other spots i I forget them off the top of my head um
0: not gonna go to china they're trying
1: to go you don't think they'll go to china
0: yeah I mean, I, was, yeah, I would assume that that would be the next place he'd want to go unless that's yeah, getting he, too much, approaching too much into the NBA's uh, uh, supreme league. If he was smart, he wouldn't do that because Adam Silver's already in, in uh, 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 China's pocket. But um, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they would be trying to yeah, I mean it, bring the NFL over. Yeah, I mean, demographically, business-wise, it would seem smart,
1: but the second you start doing business with China, they're gonna take yeah. over and control your your your. They don't do business like normal people do. They only right. do business if they can control it, and that's what the NBA has uh, found out. And they actually, I seemingly love because they're getting all that extra revenue over there. But yeah, that that's what com- that's what is coming down the pike. Um, they've been doing this for several years now, and it's only going to increase. And yeah, it's just all part of the increasing globalization of everything in exactly. the one world of everything. Yeah. And it's too bad because, you know, it, football is just like baseball, a great American sport. Um, basketball as well. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with other countries playing it.
0: Oh, God, no. Um, Absolutely not. Except Canada. But
1: there there was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not a team up there? But um there was literally a European football league for a little while, I believe like a decade or two ago, and that seemed to kinda of fail. I know there's a Canadian football league. So I, I don't know. I think they're just kind of they're prodding and seeing what is the turnout like. You know, are there gonna be enough fans out there to to fill stadiums? And I think it's inevitable that they're gonna try and get another international division and just it's just all more money. Goodell's just seeing those big chachings like the billions that they already make isn't enough it's just and, and it's always going to water down the sport because now you got to cater to these other audiences that didn't grow up with the sport like we did they don't know the ins and outs like we did they don't know the history of it like we did so now they have to adjust the sport and the rules to kind of accommodate them to make them interested too kind of mix in a little bit more of that soccer like feel and then it's going to water down the sport even more just like we've seen with basketball Everybody's most of the be best flopping. players Yep, most of the best players in the NBA right now are, are actually uh, international players. Uh, I think the three of the last MVPs have all been international, or if, if not four. Um, so, and, But what did we see once they start integrating them? We started seeing a lot more of the finesse game, a lot more flopping, a lot more perimeter, uh, yep, a lot more uh, jump shot and, and whatnot. Just a softer Maybe, product, yeah. Yeah, softer product, yeah. absolutely. And uh, it's, it's inevitably going to go that route, unfortunately.
0: Well, before he does that, why doesn't he clean up the officiating here? <laughs> yeah. He's going to send I that mean, product we, abroad with the officiating that he's got right now?
1: <laughs> Especially with some of the huge officiating scandals that have taken place in uh, FIFA, to, to name just one of a few. But. Uh, yeah, the, the officiating, like we've been ranting on ever since the beginning of this season, you know, the Referee Accountability Act. It needs to happen. Yeah, it does. These guys aren't held to any kind of accountability. They don't have to answer for any of the calls that they make. And it's not only just the guys down on the field, we're seeing it in the booth. I mean, there's two plays come to mind immediately from this past weekend. There was a game with the Chargers and the 49ers where the punt was down at the like one yard line or half yard line. And not only collinsworth but also the onboard official for the commentating crew i forget his name they were both saying like hey he kept walking like that's a touchback and the booth didn't it was it was under two minutes so it's automatic booth review and they didn't even call down to review it and then another one which was even more egregious i mean you could kind of argue with the other one that maybe they already blew the whistle so whatever uh but the the one that really stood out was with the that game of the year, that Bills-Vikings game, which is an amazing game, and you, you hate for calls or non-calls to, to affect them, but that one catch on the sideline, I mean, they replayed it, and clearly it was not a catch, and it was under two minutes again, and it was, it was somewhat questionable to where they were already replaying it, And it seems like anything under two minutes, if it's somewhat questionable game that close on the line, it's got to go to review like immediately. And they didn't, they didn't even call down the review bills came up, ran a play and they got away with one and they were able to go down. And, and I believe they went down and tied the game to force it to overtime. So just, just bad calls on the field. And then also the booth, not, not buzzing down quickly enough. It seems like they've got to address that to where when there's a somewhat of a questionable call, I don't know, maybe they need to slow the guys down or I, I, I don't know. They've got to buzz down. If it's in doubt at all, they got to buzz it down because you can't just let the team run up and run a play in, in 10 seconds and, and, oh, they got a playoff. That's it. We can't right. go back and, and review it.
0: I mean, I still like the human error. Aspect of officiating. I still think sure. that that's part of a game, right? And I, and I think that uh, there there's a little too much of a desire to get everything perfect. Yeah, if we just get everything perfect, then everything will everybody will be happy. You know, I I think that I would cautious everybody for for trying to always. Um, Uh, Try to uh, attain perfection, you know. Uh, That doesn't mean that you, you know, want to have bad quality. And that's where I think we're sitting at. You know, we see this in uh, Major League Baseball, where there's certain umps that call the game really or strike zone really loosely uh, or wildly. It's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, I mean, I think if somebody consistently called a strike zone loosely, people, players would be okay with that. They can adapt to it, you know, but if it's consistent, they're okay with it. It's just so right. when there's seemingly no rhyme or reason, Angel Hernandez, you know, that uh, it just drives <laughs> everybody crazy. And so why do I know Angel Hernandez's name? You know what I mean? That's the right. problem. The fact right. of the matter is because I know his name... It points to the fact that he probably shouldn't be doing that job. He shouldn't be around. Like, uh, again, it's like a uh, it's like a sound man at a, at a concert. You don't want to ever be conscious of that person. The second right. you're conscious of the sound man, it's because he's doing a bad job. Because you're looking back and there's, you know, feedback like, or something. Hey, Mike's not on like, what the hell's yeah. going on back here, right? <laughs> it's the same thing with officiating. It should just be a nice, smooth process. And in the NFL, I'm seeing this shit all the time. Like, last night on Monday Night Football with Godert, who got uh, attacked to fumble the ball like the, 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 uh, uh, the commander's yanking off. on his face mask. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, he's fumbling the ball. He didn't want to have his neck snapped off or his head snapped off, right? You know, and I don't know. Maybe I'm rushing to judgment here, but I'm as sure and I'm assuming there's a little bit of like an affirmative action shit happening uh, as far as the officiating hires are concerned. I mean, you're telling me that some of these uh, female offici- officials are oh, uh, have gone through the 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 schooling and the, and the Loops and the ropes and all of the hoops and all that kind of stuff, and, and had as many on has that had, had uh, as much on field time as their male counterparts. I think that they've actually hired male counterparts that have had little on field time as well to say yes to that question. You know what I mean? Like, I think that they've <laughs> yeah. lowered the bar for uh, uh, everybody in order to bring certain folks that look a certain way or have a certain gender to the big show. Again, nothing wrong with that. Nobody has a problem with anybody looking any sort of way as long as you do the job well. And the job is not being done well. Everybody, every week, every game is, is, is bitching and complaining about the officiating, not in like a, oh, come on, man, that was holding. Like in a, oh, come on, man, like you didn't see the face mask there? Like I saw that Sitting on my couch, you know that, right. and you're standing five feet away from it. You know, again, there's there's a problem with that, and then there's the, becomes a problem with the product. Uh, and you know what? People don't care about what the officials look like. You know they don't right. care about representation when it comes to officiating. Those that do don't care about the f- sport anyway. <laughs> right. Y- you know what I'm saying? So stop pandering to casual sports fans or even the less thans, the folks that aren't even sports fans, but they just want to. They're just moths to the to the controversial flame. Um, you know, yeah, like, like because the, it ultimately the affects r- the product.
1: Yeah, it's like in the Rams game, they made a big deal about the I think it was Vietnamese or something. It's like I don't give a damn what the, like where this guy's from, like if, as long as he's not blowing calls out there, you know, whatever. Exactly. But yeah, but yeah. To your point about the, uh, I think that as far as reviewing everything, it should only really be a major priority when the games are like really close, coming down to the wire, under two minutes. Uh, It's a one-score game, three-point game, or whatnot. If it's in doubt whatsoever, bam, you gotta buzz it down just to take a quick look. But other than that, yeah, I don't want to see all these blatant like reviews all over the place all the time. Well, yeah, yeah, the the human element it's part of it. But like you said, it's uh, you know when you lower the bell curve to accommodate other people, then you're gonna water the talent down, and you're gonna have less efficient officiating, and that's that's not what you want for your product. And it's it's possible, you know. Speaking of baseball, there was an ump that I I can't remember if he was in the World Series or if it was definitely one of the playoff games where he actually pitched, if you will, a perfect game. He called every ball and strike perfectly. Yeah, I heard for about the this the entire right? game. Yeah. So it's it's not like it's not doable. It's it's absolutely doable. And and to your point, it's all about being consistent. If you're gonna call it four inches off the plate on the right side then do it all game and batters don't care. They will adjust to it. But when you get a pitch there and then you get another pitch there in the same at-bat and they're different calls, that's when it just flips everybody out. Absolutely. And you get problems and guys want to yell at the ump and then you got to eject people. It's it's just
0: ugly. Well, here's the other thing too. If you're an ump, you shouldn't be ringing anybody up on strike three. These guys that are out there and like, strike those guys (laughs) need to lose their job. I'm serious. I Don't give me this shit like, oh, it's part of the entertaining factor. Bullshit. Because ego has now come into in line here. When, when an ump thinks that he's bigger than the game, he should not care one way or another if it's strike three or not. If the guy's out, he's out. He should be completely indifferent to it. It should not matter. There should be no energy behind it. There should be no gusto. He's there to call balls, strikes, safes, or outs. That's it. If he's there going, Damn! You know what I mean? He's <laughs> he's wanting to make that call. There's a moment where it's like, I want to make this about me. I'm going to get into this and you see that especially on those like those questionable close maybe is maybe isn't, you know, uh uh pitches oh, at yeah. home plate and those guys, they start to, you know, whether or not they like the play, player or not, they they get in there and then they, you know, so it's anytime I see an umpire who's ringing a guy up on strike 3 I, you know, just like, keep an eye on that guy. That guy's a problem. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, uh, some more NFL. But before we do that, we would like to invite you to join our agenda, the sideline, the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Uh, give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show. Tell everybody, you know, and uh, you can follow us on Twitter at sideline agenda, sideline, the agenda, get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Uh, NFL Week 10, we're going to check that out, the highlights of that. But but first, before we do, um, Chris, a lot of players, they want to get their ass back on grass, and they're tired of the turf, aren't they? <laughs> they want to legalize the grass. They want to legalize no. it.
1: <laughs> it feels
0: better on their ass. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, we've seen a lot of posts lately of a lot of different football players, both playing and retired uh, saying that the NFL needs to go to grass, that it's, it's safer for them. Their body doesn't ache as much that there's more and more research coming out. Honestly, why this hasn't happened or, or really honestly, why this hasn't always been the case um, is beyond me. If it's just, just a cost thing uh, it's, it's pretty pathetic for, for a sport that makes so much money. I mean, I remember way back in the days of uh, you know, the greatest show on turf yeah. Uh, and they showed footage of like what they were playing on it, it was I can't believe guys weren't just like not even lasting a year they had like a really thin carpet on top of cement it was brutal man but it also did speed the game up for them which kind of made them a little more successful well, that's a separate issue but yeah all kinds of players so cooper cup uh, he posted, he's like, I believe that we and all teams should be playing on grass. This is an age-old issue, and I believe the time to address the problem is now. Let's have the conversation. We also saw Nick Bosa chime in, David Bakhtiari chimed in, uh, George Kittle, Randall Cobb, Shaq Thompson, Julian Love. Some of these guys are heard of, some you haven't, but Landon Collins, Darius Slayton, uh, Tyler Ott. I also saw Andrew Whitworth. Um, And some of these guys, let me read you another one Uh, by allowing teams. This is from David Bakhtiari uh, by allowing teams to continue using slit film turf. The slit film in particular seems to be an issue Um, using slit film turf. About 10 more players will go down with a completely avoidable non-contact injury. So one of the owners, uh, Jerry Jones was asked about this and uh, he claimed that the research that has been done doesn't show any difference in the amount of injuries, as you say, hmm. it's basically a wash. And they're countering back saying that it basically was a lie, um, maybe not a lie, but that statistics can be skewed kind of yeah. wherever you want them to go. Um, but they've been running studies uh, that started in 2012, went to two, 2018. And uh, they said that not only was the contact injury rate for lower extremities higher during practices and games held on artificial turf, NFL players consistently experienced a much higher rate of non-contact lower extremity injuries on turf compared to natural surfaces. So that's guys rupturing their Achilles or blowing their ACL out just by doing drills. And we've seen a number of that happen to the Rams running back Cam Akers last season. Uh, We also saw Odell Beckham Jr. blow his ACL out in the Super Bowl with nobody hitting him, non-contact injuries. Uh, So of those non-contact injuries, players have a 32% higher rate of knee injuries on turf and a staggering 69% higher rate of non-contact foot and ankle injuries on turf compared to grass. So it's not just your, oh, you know, torn, uh, you know, Pulled muscle here, um, rolled ankle there, even though that does come into account, uh, you know, bumps and bruises and and, and shoulders and whatnot. It's guys that are rupturing their Achilles, they're rolling their ankles really bad. We just saw Cooper Cooper Cup do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we saw Cooper Cup a couple of years ago, you know, blow his ACL out and he couldn't play in the Super Bowl. Um, we saw, obviously, Odell. We've seen various guys. Uh, Slayton, I, I think I mentioned him from the Giants. I mean, it's It's been an issue for quite a while. So these guys are really on the horn trying to get the NFL Players Association, who is also basically on on board as well, trying to get this change in. And they kind of want to get it changed like right now. They don't think that this really has to wait. Uh, they know that these teams got plenty of funding, but Jerry... Um, doesn't think that it's going to happen. He thinks that the numbers aren't there. therefore, why do it? And hmm. uh, I don't is it really just a cost thing? It doesn't seem like it would really cost that much. I mean, you might be talking about over the course of a season, I have no idea, like maybe millions of dollars, like in the low millions, uh, would, would I mean I can't for imagine it.
0: Be. maintenance of, of the field itself right uh water all that kind of stuff i mean yes. to me but what about the cost of your injured players exactly it has to it, be exactly. to me what this has everything to do with is the environmentalists this back in the day uh especially 10 years ago or so um was a bit major issue water drought uh, you know, all of that, the uh, multiple, everybody, again, we're all about conflict du jour and we're all about reactionary, especially the left, you know, they love to react. It's like, oh, if one thing's doing something bad, get rid of it. Don't think about the ramifications of, right. of getting rid of that or, or what you're opening yourself up to the, the unintended consequences. No, just do it. Need your reaction. Let's just need your reaction. Everything. Life's a bumper sticker, right? Uh, And to me, this is where the whole artificial turf uh, really started to gain headway. Of course, artificial turf has been around for a long time. I'm not suggesting that that's when uh, artificial turf was invented, but I'm saying across the board, I'm talking about uh, the pros, college, high schools even. Uh, Yes, there's actual cost savings, I imagine, for those lower institutions that can't (laughs) (laughs) afford that upkeep. But that said... When it comes to the pro level, what about the players? The cost of that? It's got to be immense.
1: Absolutely. And we've also seen those concussions, guys bouncing their head off of, you know, these these artificial turf fields, which they don't have as much give. They've got those little rubber pellets in there as opposed to actual grass and, and dirt. The only thing that, you know, maybe once these fields freeze in some of these areas, you know, it becomes a little bit more hard. And the other thing that you can see a lot more frequently on grass fields is you see guys slipping. The The grass will give away, they'll slip and they'll fall. But that is an indication of the grass has more give. Therefore, you don't see these guys plant to to turn and the only thing that gives is their ligament as opposed to the grass, you know, much have them blow a play by falling down than having them blow their knee out and they're out for the season.
0: And you, uh, and you, yeah, but you want to talk about these case studies, like you're mentioning. It's like, how long were those studies actually taking place? Of course, probably setting up with a hypothesis, a, a desired outcome, setting up the situation right. to possibly obtain attain those uh, outcomes. But that said, like, how. How long is your case study actually when in, in the movements and all that when it comes to injury opposed to the case study happening now? Now we've had the case study for for a decade at least uh, for a lot of these NFL right. fields using artificial turf, and like you said, the uh, the the data is in. And it's not good, right? You know, and and, and this affecting your players the way that it is. If I'm an owner and I see that I have, what did you say, 63% for for foot or ankle? um, 69. uh, 69%. uh, Risk for that, I'm like, dude, get my guys off of artificial. Get them back on uh, regular grass uh, because uh, my investments are far more uh, expensive then, uh, uh, some water and, and mowing and upkeep, <laughs> exactly. um,
1: but yeah, you know, to me, era.
0: then again, it's keeping the environmentalists at bay because they don't care about football. They don't care about, uh, what's happening on, they don't care about the players. I mean, th- these people would love to see football go away, but they care about, Oh, your water, you're wasting water, the water, the amount of water that you're using for your little stupid entertainment. Well, that tells you their intentions right then and there. So don't listen <laughs> to these people.
1: This this is be an opportunity for them to try and out slogan the slogan. So they'll be chanting, right. you know, climate change. We're all gonna die. They'll, they can chant back, player safety, player safety. Because right. they're all all these tweets are all talking about. If you guys really care about player safety, that's been the emphasis. That's been the focus of all these rule changes. All these these uh, equipment and helmet changes and the way they practice and all this stuff for player safety. Why not change the thing that they are all on all the time, the actual field itself and uh, Randall Cobb. And I actually saw this from several players. It seems like it's probably a talking point that they're, they're been told to put out, but a uh, Randall Cobb, he said when European soccer clubs come here to play, the stadiums quickly convert the turf to grass. Wow. But for us, their own players. Wow. We have to compete on subpar surfaces. That doesn't make any sense. And I mean, they got a point. If these soccer players and teams internationally coming in, they've obviously got the rule that, Hey, we don't play on that, that artificial turf. We play on grass. Because you want to talk about lower extremity injuries, like completely taking you out. You know, sometimes uh, in football, you you can get away with some things and get out there and still play. Soccer, Nah, You got something wrong with your foot or ankle, you're not playing. You got something wrong with your knee, you're not playing. Uh, So it's pretty uh, eye-opening to see that they do that for those teams, but they won't do that for the NFL. And it's, it's, it seems like it's a really simple issue and shouldn't even be an issue. Like, like why you guys should just, well, and, and it just it. seems
0: like such a gimme, you know, especially yeah. in this modern day, this age of player safety, uh right? Yep. They, everything is under that microscope of player safety. Uh, and I debate if it really is that, you know, but um, you know, the, the, the injury to, to uh, Scantling, was it uh, the chiefs uh, wide receiver? Uh, who, who got concussed? Uh, anyway, the the reaction uh, to Schuster. that wasn't uh, that. Schuster, thank you. It was uh, Schuster. Uh, the reaction to that wasn't as extreme as it was to say the Tuataga of But anyway, um, yeah. Th- th- didn't even throw a flag on that one. Yeah, I can't believe it. Exactly. So I don't really, I start to question uh, is it really about player safety? But anyway, uh, this getting the field, the turf uh, uh, versus uh, uh, the natural grass. Um, This seems like a gimme. I I hope that they uh, start heading back this direction because also, too, you want to talk about a variable. The field itself is a variable. Um, And, uh, you know, I I always thought that the game just it just it's just better. On grass. It just is. Yeah, and uh, so is music. Anyway, uh, let's move <laughs> on to uh, NFL week uh, 10. Uh, let's just go briefly through some of these shows, especially uh, shows, some of these events, some of these games, um, especially uh, some of the highlights that we had this weekend. Let's start off with that uh, game that was abroad: Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Brady and the Bucks were able to beat the Seahawks, surprising to me. I, I had the Seahawks picked personally, uh, 21-16, uh, despite. Uh, uh, the fact that uh, Geno Smith, the uh, quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, had a, a relatively impressive game. He went to 23 of 33 for 275 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so uh, were you surprised by this? What is this saying in regards to the NFC South? Uh, obviously, the Buccaneers are the, the the top of the pack there. What does this say about the NFC West as well? Um, does it look like maybe uh, this will be the, the the beginning of the Seattle demise and the rise of the 49ers? What are you thinking there, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, well... It's tough to judge because I haven't seen too many Seattle games, at least up against the Rams yet. And I kind of judge other teams based on how they play the Rams. And uh, they've yet to play the Seattle yet. So the 49ers, they, they look good. I would expect them to win the division over Seattle. Um, I think that the Bucs are kind of starting to find a little something. They were able to finally run the ball, and they were able to stuff the Seattle run. That was the key to this game. And if the Bucks are able to start doing that, that's going to take some pressure off Brady. And then he's going to be able to kind of start to pick you apart a little bit. And they were able to finally find the end zone, uh, able to score multiple touchdowns. So that that was the difference of the game to me was the, the ability for the Bucks to run. And the non ability for the uh, Seahawks to to run, and I, I thought it was actually going to be vice versa, which is why I think we both thought Seattle was going to win that. But yeah, old Brady going over to Germany and and getting the win in that stadium over there. You know, there's there's one guy that used to rule over there that's real happy about that. Want to get in too much trouble there? Uh, <laughs> Brady well, definitely looks the part. But yeah. Did, no. Did, uh, the bucks are they're trending upwards for sure. I mean, they got control of that division, which is a bad division also. And uh, it, it I think 49ers they had a lot of injuries early on, so Seattle was able to get out to that lead, but You know, we'll get to the 49ers game later, but they're going to be tough, man. They're going to be a tough team.
0: I mean, did you see Brady running that route and
1: slipping on the field? (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of turf, was that turf? Was that grass? That was grass, I think. Yeah, it was grass. (laughs) Like, like, you're going to see that on grass, I will say. You will see guys slipping more often on grass. I mean, it was funny because...
0: It, it, when he, when I saw him go down, it was like, oh man, he went down. But I'm like, you know, what? probably would have been worse if he actually caught the ball, because <laughs> then he would have had to get hit. You know, uh, I just, just yeah, thought that was that was really it's uh, like, pathetic. why try that to Brady? Like that never oh, works.
1: And then and then, he, and then yeah, I saw that he tweeted. He's, he's, he's like, if I don't fall here, I'm gonna
0: jump over and moss Yeah, him. right. Yeah, he's <laughs> it's like, he's you know he's trying new things. He's 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 a uh, yeah, he's a right. single man now. He's he's out on the town. He's he's <laughs> trying new things. You know, he's he's getting out there. He's out yeah. on the prowl. <laughs> he also was. Towing the nice company line at the uh, end of the game during the press. or we talking about what an incredible experience it was in Germany. It was so wonderful. Everybody was singing at the end. Oh, it was yeah. just just the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Just ah oh, Shuck, golly gee. He's like ah oh, Tom, you're just that's you're the company man. You are the company man. Now the yep. Seahawks, they are. He will be four. the starting
1: quarterback for the uh, the yeah. ger- the new German team that they're going to start
0: in three years. So he'll yeah, be starting it, it, quarterback it, 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 over there. He'll <laughs> be forty eight, and uh, the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sitting at five. Okay, let's move on. You want to talk about sidelining an agenda. I want to sideline the agenda on this right now as we look at the Detroit Lions who beat the Chicago Bears 31-30. Uh, man, everybody is towing the, the Justin Fields uh is God's gift to quarterbacking yeah. line, and it's just driving me nuts. Let me read this. Despite the loss, Fields continues to look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, <laughs> taking 13 carries for 147 yards and two touching, two rushing touchdowns, and going 12 of 20 for 167 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Fields did have a pick six, but almost a immediately made up for it with a 67-yard rushing touchdown in the fourth (laughs) quarter. Everybody needs to shut the hell up on this. I'm sorry. I watched part of this game. Justin Fields, he just doesn't have it when it comes to quarterbacking. Yes, he threw for 167 yards. That's mediocre at best. Best, Yes, he ran for 147. That's mind-blowing. That's awesome. The guy is an amazing running back. I don't know about him as being a quarterback. He is the three-pointer. You live by, die by. And also, too, hmm, riddle me this. How many games has he won in the last three games? Zero. In all these games that they're talking about, what an elite performance Justin Fields has made, how many games has he actually won? Because I'll take the W. I'll go with a a Heineke and take the win, opposed to the razzle-dazzle of a Justin Fields. Because also, too, the other aspect of this is offense, offense, player wide receiver development. None of this is happening when your quarterback yep. is doing nothing but scrambling around and he scrambles around. Why? Because he holds to the ball too long. He can't make a decision. He can't throw the ball downfield. And when he does, like we said, he throws a pick six, which costs them the game. This isn't the, the merits of one of the best quarterbacks in the league.
1: Yeah, they've been really trying to prop him up ever since he got drafted, and it's been kind of disgusting because he's he's never really proven that he's a good sit back quarterback. He doesn't necessarily have to be, you know. That's not what he is. He he's got to be able to use his talents, which right. he, they've they've been starting to be able to do. So he's been running the ball all over the place. But the fact of in the NFL, you got to be able to get back there and complete some of these down the field throws to to win games. And he doesn't have that skill set. And that's why these last games, he's been over 3, like like you said. And it's until he can develop that, if he can develop that, he's only going to be just a, a middling quarterback. And you've got all these people on his bandwagon. And I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And they want to cry, oh, he needs help. He needs help. And then they went out and got him a, a good receiver.
0: And it's still the, the same numbers. Yeah. Um and they so, say he you know, still needs we'll more see. help. They still they're still saying, "Oh, he needs more help." Could you imagine how amazing he would be? No, he's <laughs> not. He doesn't have the development and he still won't because now he's relying on the sloppy play. I think that yes, I don't expect him to be a pocket passer. I don't want him to be a pocket passer. I want him to run the ball. But I want him to prove that he can actually pass the ball. He's I mean, what uh, like I I think about when everybody's hyping a Justin Fields, I think to myself, "Well, what about Jalen Hurts? What about Lamar Jackson?" What about these? What about Josh Allen? These guys are far better. Like, he's not even, he can't even yeah. wear those guys' jock straps, man. I'm sorry. And everybody wants to talk about, like, he's the best thing. He's God's gift to the NFL. And, and, you know, and it also pisses me off that he's running around with a goddamn gold chain on. And it's like, dude, you, bro, you got to earn that shit. Slap that right. shit off until you get some W's, bro. Like, uh, Justin Fields is completely overrated. It's like, I was reading this, and they speaking of you know stats, and it's. But this to me says it all. It's like Justin Fields is the first quarterback with 140 plus rush yards in back-to-back games in NFL history. Bears lost both games. <laughs> There it is. (laughs) Bears lost both games. Who cares? Congratulations. You put up a bunch of yards. Good for you. In this idolatry that we're all about, like when it's the names, we're all about names. We're all about the player. The names. It's like, oh, we got this name. We're going to win. Oh, wait. How come we're not winning? Because it takes a team to actually accomplish something. It takes a team to win a game. And I'm sorry, Bears. You can have your nice shiny little Justin Fields with his little gold chain and he can run all over your little soldier your field all damn day long and you're not going to you're, you're just going to be a mediocre team have have fun at, at, at uh, 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 seven and ten you know every season I don't know. lost to the Lions Exactly, you the The team that can't close
1: games, closed the game on you. Exactly, <laughs> and you
0: still want to be the hype man for that guy. I just don't understand it. To me, it's just, it's just like this video. It's like this, 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 this man boy era we're in, where it's just like, oh, he runs around. It's cool. It's like a video game. But it's like, oh, but did he win? No, he didn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, let's move on. Uh, Miami Dolphins. They beat the uh, Cleveland Browns thirty nine seventeen. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa, just you know, uh, awesome. You know, job. Of course, uh, he's got those amazing receivers. I mean, not much to say here. Kind of expected. Uh, We did think that maybe if there was a a, a, if it turned into a ground game, that maybe the Browns would would have a shot. But uh, actually, Chubb only had sixty three yards and one touchdown. Um, You know, Brissett only threw well, he threw for two hundred and twelve and a touchdown. But uh, you're gonna have to do more against that uh, Dolphins offense. Uh, uh, And and like we said, Tua Tagovailoa throwing for two hundred eighty five yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then, of course, you got Wilson rushing for 119, Mostert for 65, uh, both a touchdown a piece. Like that's it's, they're 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 really coming up, aren't they? The, the the Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, they got a complete offense, and they're going to be the team that no one's going to want to play in the playoffs because you never know when they're just going to light it up and throw up a 40 piece on you. Uh, yeah, they got down a little bit early, but they just came roaring back, and there's just it's like a dam. You know, you can only hold it back for so long.
0: Yeah, Tennessee Titans. They uh, took on the Denver Broncos and uh, they beat them 17 seventeen ten. This pretty much went the way that we thought it would. Uh, we, we we did think that it would be a relatively low scoring game. I think we all yep. both collectively had uh, Tennessee taking this one for sure. Uh, you have Derrick Henry who was only running for fifty three yards, and Tannehill seemingly did what it, he needed to do to get it done. Tannehill back from injury, of course, is 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 probably the the, the key to this game, and uh, yep. he threw for two hundred fifty five yards and. Uh, two touchdowns
1: yeah that was the difference and we said if Tannehill was going to play tennessee was going to win if he didn't play the denvers were going to win but either way it was going to be low scoring uh wilson had a couple chances to come back down and and drive and, and win it at the end but threw an interception late and they, they just don't have it offensively and i don't know if that's just personnel or if it's scheme or
0: both uh but yeah they, they just didn't have it tennessee's a better team the game of the of of Sunday, as far as I was concerned, was the Minnesota Vikings uh, taking on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Minnesota pulls this one out. I called it. I called the Purple Men to do this. 33-30. Chris, were you on that as well? I actually think you might have uh, swayed that way. Uh, uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson made one of the greatest catches in NFL history on 4th and 18 desperation play to keep the Vikings alive. Uh, Jefferson finished the game with 10 catches for 193 yards yards per run Um, that was did you see that catch that one-handed grab where he literally just pulls it out of the defender's hands that was something to see amazing Uh, 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 according to next-gen stats uh, Justin Jefferson was uh, uh, responsible for nine receptions with a sub 50 percent completion probability the most in a game by any receiver in the next-gen stat era no other player has had more than six so a lot of high-risk catching catches made by Justin Jefferson obviously the difference maker in this game. I mean, of course, the difference was the fact that Kirk Cousins couldn't convert, get across the goal line on that fourth down and then Josh Allen uh oh, a shit in yeah. the bed and <laughs> fumbling within the end zone. Um but uh to me man, I got to say it, this is like this is going this is the NFL in a nutshell, this game. Like this this game to me is how all of the games, especially in the playoffs, are going to go like I I think, you know, I'm going to look to the wild cards and that's who I'm going to be looking to pick. To win the Super Bowl. Like, because it's not who we think it's going to be. Yeah. It's not yeah. the give me. It's not the way that it's supposed to all pan out. It's these wild cards. It's these moments where it's like Josh Allen fumbling the ball on the one yard line in the end zone, only for the Minnesota Vikings to 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 recover said fumble and in essence seal the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, every time you thought this game was over, it wasn't. When uh Kirk Cousins th- Literally threw the ball straight to the Buffalo's cornerback, uh, and and he intercepted it. You're like, oh, well, that's game, and it was like 24 to 10. You're like, he's wearing the other jersey, man.
0: (laughs) Oh man, it's it's that that's the season, isn't it?
1: (laughs) But Minnesota, they've they, I was talking about it last week. They got down and they they showed very good toughness. And the ability to fight through adversity and come back. And they did it again against Buffalo on the road. Very impressive. They were able to come back from that 24-10 to deficit. And then just when you thought it was over, 4th and 18, Cousins just chucks one up to Jefferson. And man, like you said, one of the best catches we've ever seen. Actually, if the defender just doesn't try to catch the ball, I, I think that's game. I don't think he comes down with right. it. But he almost like helped him catch it by yeah, catching it himself yeah. and prevented it from hitting the ground. And then Jefferson was able to rip it away at the
0: last second. Yeah, the only catch it was better just, than – the only catch better than that was the helmet catch. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that was pretty still impressive because he 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 ripped it from the defender's hands yeah. one-handedly. Yeah. Amazing that, catch. That was awesome. So
1: that <laughs> happens, and then they go down, and just when you think they're about to go in there and, and get the lead right. and, they don't and seal convert. the game, yeah. they don't convert on the one-inch line. Cousins can't <sighs> get the ball across. You're like, oh, well, this is over. Buffalo's right. going to win this. And then the very next snap, not even on like second or third down, the first snap, fumble the snap, Vikings recover, man, this was awesome. And then and when you think, oh, it's over, there's not enough time left, then they just chunk, chunk, chunk right down the field. There was that call we talked about earlier that should have been reviewed, probably would have not right. had it go to overtime, but doesn't get reviewed. Buff- and, I mean, you know, some people might want to say there's conspiracy about that, but uh, Buffalo goes right back down, ties the game up, overtime. And I mean, you got to hand it to Minnesota. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Even after all that, they are able to go right back down and score, and uh, and and seal the win. So very impressive for Minnesota. You know, a, a lot of people, including myself, were maybe thinking like, oh, they just haven't really played anyone yet. Uh, but but now they have, and they're looking like they're one of the best teams with one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the league right now. It just seemed like Cousins was just dropping back, throwing it to him. And it just it worked. They couldn't stop them. Yeah, if it ain't broke, so, why fix it? it? Exactly. And Kirk Cousins turned into Kirk Thuggins with yeah, Jefferson Thug- <laughs> at the end there. They got the chain on after the game. <laughs> so yeah, the we'll right see if nine. they can keep that momentum going for the rest of the season and secure one seed. But, yeah, they're looking good. And, oh, man, Kevin
0: O'Connell, we miss you in the Rams. We miss you bad. Uh, Minnesota Vikings 8-1 boggles my mind NFC North top of their division and of course the uh, Bills 6-3 and and they're sitting at the three spot actually old media favorite man never bet on the media favorite they will let you down practically every time Uh, so let's move on then Uh, just briefly we're going to look at the Giants they beat uh, the Texans 24-16 I don't think we need to say much about that and the Chiefs uh, hosted the Jaguars took them out 27-7 Seventeen uh, Again, don't know that we need to say much about that game either. Steelers, of course, beat the Saints at home 2010. Both of us actually, I believe, picked, yeah, picked we, the Steelers to take that yep. one. Uh, well, Jeff Saturday as the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Uh, they went into Las Vegas and they beat the Raiders <laughs> 25-20. Starting Matt Ryan, love to see that. Ryan yes. throwing for 222 yards at one touchdown. Uh, ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball with Jonathan. Taylor, 147 yards and a touchdown. I like to see Indianapolis get back on the horse, uh, pun intended. Um, you know what? It's it's a, it's Hopefully it's not a day late and a dollar short as far as where they sit in their division. But uh, like I said, uh, I picked the Colts to win this game because the Las Vegas Raiders, they suck. They suckity <laughs> suck <laughs> they suck.
1: Definitely, they definitely do. Very happy for the Colts and Jeff Saturday. He's got to be a listener because he listened to us <laughs> saying, you got to start Matt Ryan and you got to run the damn ball. And that's what he did. And it's just sometimes you can overthink Think it. You just gotta like basics with football. Get out there, run the ball with your your star running back, your use your veteran quarterback to go out there and make the plays. And beat a bad team. The Raiders have proven to be a bad team, and that's what they did. And uh, they beat him so bad it even made old little Derek Carr cry. <laughs> 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 oh cro- Carr crocodile tears afterwards <laughs> in the interview And room. And, and,
0: and that was uh, that was just <laughs> embarrassing. I mean, to, to see Pathetic. a grown man and that
1: so you know, many y- crying
0: guys now. Well, that's the thing, right? Like it's just like this is okay. It's okay to just be I at love, the at the. I at love the, Josh. I
1: love God. the car. I love
0: coaches um they've had nothing but success i mean he's rocking you know, back and forth at the I've press booth had, you know and, you know uh, fighting back tears and this is the image you know, I'm that sorry. he wants to throw out there as as the leader of the las vegas raiders as the head quarterback <laughs> Derek, uh, oh, know, this is
1: oh, to finish that <laughs> sorry for being emotional <laughs>
0: I can't. I can't listen to this, dude. I can't watch this. It's pathetic. It gives me douche chills. Derek Carr, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed Absolutely. of your play. You should be ashamed of, of, of having the 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 lack of self-awareness of, of what it would look like to be sitting uh, uh, at, at, at a press book, uh, booth uh, in front of the media crying that you're two and seven. What, would what, what, you want a cookie? You want mommy to give you a cookie? You want mommy to kiss the boo-boo, make it all better? You want uh, uh, Josh McDaniels? To 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 grow some tits that you can go suckle at, like what do you want, Derek? You're the you're the guy. You've got multiple multiple uh, uh, weapons. You, you 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 like I can't. I've got no sympathy for you, man. Devontae Adams, that Waller, of course he's hurt. You know, but uh, Renfro, I guess he's hurt too. Uh, uh, yep. But you Jacobs. you know what I mean, Jacobs? Like you 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 have some Great. things that you can you can string together, yep. can't you? Don't you? Uh, I, I just think that that whole franchise is a mess
1: that's yeah, every reason why they suck and you you hit it on the head that this franchise has gone soft the whole silver and black aura of them being tough right don't and, uh, yeah exactly that's it, it, long gone the black pit all that stuff is long gone uh, could you imagine all those guys from back then seeing their quarterback after a game, uh, you know, giving that kind of an interview? It probably would take him in the locker room and beat him up. Like, <laughs> toughen up, man. You're supposed to be the leader, not, not a little crying crybaby. And and that's every reason why you guys suck. And uh, maybe you shouldn't have fired your uh, your old coach, oh Gruden, for his little emails. Yeah, uh, you probably would be sitting in a lot better position right now because maybe you actually needed some toughness.
0: Yeah, Gruden was uh, too masculine. He was too masculine for the Raiders. Yeah, uh, and and so they had to get rid of him. They 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 wanted to you know like I said have a mommy to come in and kiss the boo boos. Well, speaking of crying. Um, the uh, Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> they oh, uh, hosted the Arizona Cardinals, and this did not go well. Like we said last week, you know, I was saying this was a must, must, must win. Uh, yep. Just to just for a long shot in the dark to 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 still remain relevant and not uh, uh, completely fall off uh, the season. Um, I picked the Cardinals to win this game, and unfortunately, it went exactly as I thought it would. Uh, we, we we had a, the battle of the backups. Uh, uh, Kyler yeah. Murray for the Arizona Cardinals was out because of the hand hamstring. So they played Colt McCoy. And of course, uh, our Matt Stafford our as in me and Chris, for those of you who don't know our Rams fans, uh, Stafford was out because of a concussion protocol, correct? like he was still out because of that. Um, and, uh, this was just an abysmal performance by, uh, the Los Angeles Rams and, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, beat the Rams 27, 17 to officially End their season. Uh, it's over. The fat lady has sung, rolled over, and um, fallen asleep. Um, it's kind of a shame that uh, you know. My thoughts were pre-trade deadline to just just get rid of everybody. Obviously, keep Cooper, keep uh, uh, keep Stafford. I'd get rid of Donald, man, if I could. I don't know if his contract would allow it, especially when he was threatening to retire or wanted to retire. His head's not in it. He's gone. He's done. I would have cleaned house and uh, see, seen what I could have gotten for it uh, because this this uh, ship has set sail, and it um, w- looks like the Rams are going to move from uh, they are Super Bowl champs. They have definitely moved to chumps, and I think they're now in tank mode at this point. Uh, Cooper uh, Cup, of course, getting injured with a high ankle sprain. He should be out for the rest of the season. I don't want to see that guy in Anymore. stay home get healthy um but uh yeah chris what what happened here and 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 what's is there any hope for uh the rams not i mean not for this season but just moving forward in general it's ab-dee,
1: ab-dee, ab-dee. that's all folks <laughs> right <laughs> after the looney tunes <laughs> cartoon uh yeah unfortunately it, it it's over um I I got a question uh, about this whole Matthew Stafford thing. It really seemed kind of strange to me. This was an absolute must win for the Rams to keep their season alive. And it seems like this whole concussion protocol thing kind of came out of nowhere. Um, You know, we're Rams fans, we've watched every game. Yes, he has taken a beating this season, but to my recollection, I don't ever remember seeing him like really get wobbled or look woozy in any kind of fashion at all. So, I don't really know where this came from and it it wasn't like on Sunday or even Monday. I believe it was on Tuesday yeah. that they kind of announced that oh, he's going to be in concussion protocol now and you're like,
0: "What?" Yeah, he so, it like, says here, okay, Stafford okay. entered protocol Tuesday afternoon after consulta- consultation with the Rams' medical staff. The team announced Wednesday. The Rams believe Stafford's con- uh, condition resulted from action in last Sunday's 16-13 loss at Tampa Bay. The team decided to put him in the protocol after the usual weekly round of post-game health evaluations.
1: Yeah, so I know they mentioned a few times during the telecast that uh, he just the Rams thought that he just didn't look right he didn't miss some throws in that game, but I didn't see anything of him looking wobbly or dazed or or anything like that at all. So I don't know, maybe they saw something that I didn't, but sure enough, he goes into concussion protocol and you think, okay, he'll probably be in it for a few days. Again, it didn't seem like he took any kind of major damage, um, but he'll probably be out there game time, but game time came and we saw Wolford in there and you see Stafford over there on the sideline, you know, just, looking normal. I'm not saying he's not hurt. You know, I don't want to be that guy, but it just, it's just seemed like in a, maybe Will they it, already, this is it. Yeah. Like they, already they saw that three and five record that, already. Hey, we suck. <laughs> yeah. We've got problems that we can't fix. Yeah. And even if he's like slightly not at hundred percent, we're just going to sit him anyway. And we're already packing it in for next season. And if that's the case, that's extremely frustrating and disappointing because this was a team that you've beaten before that you're at home. You could absolutely beat again against a backup quarterback and you can get to a game below 500 and, and who knows maybe you can go on a roll because Seattle is probably going to come back down to earth and you never know what will happen with the 49ers. because they've been a middling hovering around 500 team for a, a few years now. So any kind of run that you might be able to make, this was the chance to try and start it. You just got a couple linemen back offensively. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't understand the decision unless he's just really out of it to sit him. And uh you really hate to see that. But with that being said, Wolford comes in there, of course, didn't really get much uh playing time, even in the preseason. So here's another thing. If he's your yeah. number two quarterback, why in the hell are you playing Perkins? all preseason. The guy has right. no arm. He's a horrible quarterback. All he can do is run, so you bring him in there for a couple can, plays can, to can have just, him run.
0: Can I just say really quickly, too, because this goes back, harp, harpens back to the Justin Fields conversation. So Perkins, for all of you who don't know, is a backup, backup, backup quarterback, and all he does, like Chris is saying, is just run around. He's he can't. He's got no arm. He can't really throw no the ball arm. very accurately, so he always defaults to the run, and, and this is how Sean McVay chooses to run his preseason, so nobody gets developed. The wide receiver the 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 third string wide receivers or even below the the, the potential tight ends the potential receivers that you're looking at nobody gets developed nobody gets a look and, and of course he doesn't play any of his starters in the preseason either so nobody gets developed in that game so everybody loses when you do that anyway yeah uh, continue
1: exactly Wolford played like a grand total of maybe two quarters in the entire preseason just completely pathetic. And, and horrible leadership uh, by by McVay on that one. So Wolfer goes in there, and he's inaccurate on a lot of throws. He overthrows them because, you know, he's feeling that adrenaline. And you have, if anyone has any experience throwing a ball, uh, you're, you're getting pumped up. You have a tendency to overthrow, which means you sail the ball. And he did that multiple times. And what did it result in? We saw a uh, Cooper Cup injury result in that because he jumped up to try and get an overthrown ball. Guy undercut him, which was a dirty play to undercut him the way he did. Even Shannon Sharp uh, brought that one out or uh, brought that one up on Twitter, posted about it. But, anyways, um, yeah, uh, a bad, bad performance. And the first drive, McVeigh actually had decent like play calling going. He got some runs in there, got some bootlegs going, got some play action. They were able to kind of march right down the field, and uh, they couldn't get it in the end zone. They resorted to a field goal. After that drive, they basically got away from everything that was successful in that drive. He went to shotgun. He went to that little play action that isn't even really play action. Like the quarterback catches the ball from the shotgun, just fake like he's going to hand it off to the, the running back right next to him. No one falls for that and just sits back and he's already has a bad O-line. So it, it it was it was just really bad play calling, really bad scheme. Um, they were finally able to later on in the game have one successful drive where they he started rolling them out, got the quarterback moving. It, it's just it's bizarre. It's really bizarre. I, I I tweeted on my personal account that I've never really seen a head coach really get away from what made them successful in the first place so much uh, like I've seen McVay do. If you remember us Rams fan when they first came to L.A. You know, uh, Scott and I, we basically jumped on the bad wing because we didn't have a team here in L.A. for for so long, for almost our entire lives. Well, when
0: I was a kid, the L.A. Rams were still here. So I was I was a bit of a Rams fan, but that might have been passed a little bit after your time. Yeah, I was. was, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but the point still remains.
1: Right. So we didn't have a team out here forever. We finally got a team back. So we want to support the L.A. team. That is the Rams. First year was horrible because we saw it fishier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had Gurley. They had the line. You know, they had all these guys. They even had the number no one kick off. Yeah, they, they didn't march golf out there until like second half of the season. Lost every game. <clears throat> it was bad. Very next year we get McVay in there and all of a sudden they win like 11, 12 games. Offense was number one in the league. So what McVay was great at is he would run this stretch run and he had basically had like four or five, six plays that all looked the same. Right. And he would do the stretch run, he would do the play action, he'd do the bootleg, he had all these different things that he'd run off of that. And he would also, uh, uh, all the teams run it now is the jet sweep. That was another one that was great. He, he, he'd still runs the jet sweep from time to time. All that other stuff is gone. He doesn't run any of that anymore. Stafford came and he does basically all play, um, all shotgun. Shotgun, yeah. Doesn't do any of the jet sweep or uh, not the jet, any of the stretch run, any of the bootleg, any of that. He's completely changed it and it's terrible. And I don't understand why he hasn't tried to go back to the other stuff because it made look Jared Goff look great, and Stafford was supposed to be just your better version of him. But he's changed it all around, and it's been a colossal failure. So all those moves they need to make, it, McVay's really got to look in the mirror on that. Uh, defense gave up 17 points in the first half to a backup quarterback, um, which which is not good. I mean, I could rant and rave all day long on Raheem Morris. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, the Rams, unfortunately, are done. They literally would have to, like, win out just to make a wild card now. Yeah, and that, it's over. It's just not happening.
0: Yeah, it, it, They're going to sit over.
1: guys at this point.
0: And they should, you know, because yeah. I mean, it, it's done. And 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 like you said, they had, they had a moment, they had a shot to to turn it around, and this just it just felt doomed from the start. And um, you know, they the Rams very early in the season kind of had that uh, sua, that that, that laissez faire attitude, you know, that uh, rico suave attitude about themselves, yeah. like, hey, we were Super Bowl champs, it, we're right. just going to automatically win. And it didn't turn out to be the case, did it? Nope. And um, they've been exposed a lot, and I also think that. Akers kind of broke McVeigh a little bit in regards to not having any kind of running game. Um, the offensive line, yeah, they were hurt, they were injured, blah 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 blah. But still, good coaches pa- coach past that uh, and can at least beat mediocre teams and especially try to float around that 500 line. And that's I don't think that's going to be the case this year either. So maybe they're they're in tank mode. Good for them. God bless. Uh, uh, we'll we'll let that uh, move along uh, and and we'll look to uh, Green Bay who uh, headed to. Uh, Dallas to take on. Did they head to Dallas? Or no, it was in Green Bay. Um, uh, they, they played the uh, uh, Dallas Green Cowboys, Bay, yeah. and it was doomed from the start because the Cowboys, they, they showed up with those uh, white jerseys. Um, and so for those of you listen to the show, you know that we're all about the Blues. They play stronger in the Blues, we, we think. So the, the Packers pulled it out. <laughs> uh, they, they beat the Cowboys 31-28. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones registered his fourth 100-yard rushing game of the season thanks to four 10-plus yard runs during the uh, evening. And uh, Jones, he eclipsed nearly a Six yards per rush and added four first downs and a score on 21 carries. So, of course, the running game was definitely key for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers could discount, double check three for 224 yards and three touchdowns to the man, Christian Watson, who scored. Three touchdowns, uh, uh, receptions uh, in the end zone. That was a beautiful thing. What were they down? 14 uh, in the second half. They were able to... Uh, 28-14, c- I Yeah, come now. come back um, and uh, uh, take the win. Rodgers over his uh, old coach, Mike McCarthy. Uh, what do you think? Is there any hope for uh, the Green Bay Packers to get back in this? If they stick to the same formula,
1: then then yes. The, the, their, their bread and butter is going to be running the ball. With Jones and Dillon. And that's where their strength is. And if, because their receiver's not obviously not their strength. You know, they got a great quarterback, but you got to have some weapons. So if you can open up your passing lanes by running the ball, then Rodgers can pick you apart and he can do what he did in, in the Cowboys game. So, uh, if if they can stick to this script, then absolutely. It was did get a little you know nip and tuck there at the end. We saw Rogers really mouth off to uh, Lafleur with that fourth and I believe it was fourth and one call uh, with them passing instead of running. He's like run the fucking ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I like maybe it'll energy, finally,
1: maybe, yeah, maybe it'll finally sink in there. Yeah, um, the emotion. I love it. Yeah, yeah, but that that's their strength. I mean, I still don't think that they're a good enough team to really make noise down the stretch, but if they can stick to their strength, you know, then then Rodgers can make plays uh when he's got the 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 open slots, which he did. And you know, they are able to pull it out.
0: Yeah, Green Bay uh, winning this one in overtime and snapping their five game losing streak. All right, the 49ers, they hosted the Los Angeles Chargers. They beat the Chargers 20 to 16. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing for 240 yards, uh, Mitchell was rushing for 89. Um, it was just actually, you know what? It was just spread the the, the Garoppolo and the offense. They spread the ball. They shared the ball. uh, And of course their defense stepped up. Uh, Justin Herbert, he had moments. He threw for 196 yards and one touchdown. He had moments where he looked like Justin Herbert, like that legit elite, potentially elite quarterback in the NFL, throwing lasers, and then he had moments where he's throwing five yards behind the guy. Like yeah. so, so I, he's just not right yet. The Chargers' uh, offense ain't right yet. Um, it's a shame to not see a fully healthy uh, and yes. equipped Chargers offense yet Definitely. I want to see that to see what 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 you know they're dealing with in the AFC West um, but right now I gotta tell you San Francisco seems like that threat that's coming I mean they are quickly becoming my favorite to find the way their way again to the Super Bowl I got you know what I'm telling you I think we're gonna see a Chiefs 49ers uh, Super Bowl at this point we're gonna have a repeat um, uh, at least that's uh what it's looking like to my eyes. Uh, what, what did you see Sunday night?
1: Yeah, it was it was Herbert kind of trying to do what he can with what he had. Um, 49ers are more well-rounded, better team, especially at home. Um, I mean, I hate to jump on the refs again, but we had a couple really suspect plays. Not only the punt at the end, but the one I believe was, if I remember correctly, it was either right before the half uh, where they took Herbert out he got that big hit to the head, and the uh, the New York or whoever's monitoring uh, took him out. Had the refs come in and take him out of the game because of the shot to the head. They, he had to get evaluated. But there's literally like 30 seconds left in the half, and they were in the red zone. And you know maybe that's the difference in the game. Maybe that's it's true. not. Who's to Who's to know? And I knew, and when it happened, we even called it with the whole Tua thing, when the guys wobbly down the field, oh, they got to buzz down, take him out. I knew that this was going to cost someone sooner or later. They're going to take someone out at a very inopportune time, and it's going to screw them. And it basically did to the charge. It's not going to, you know, decide the entire game, but it was a factor because Herbert, yeah, he took a big shot. Dude got ejected. And if you want to argue that he shouldn't have been ejected, you know, that's a, we could have that another day, but helmet to helmet, big shot to the head. The 49er players ejected Herbert. Yeah. He got his head like completely turned side, or at least the helmet completely turned sideways, but he got up to a knee. He was on his knee for like maybe a couple seconds. He popped right up. He looked completely fine. He didn't look wobbly. Didn't look woozy. None of that. And even despite all that, and there was the additional time taken for them to review the hit. And the additional time taken to eject the player. And during that whole time, you can be watching him. Hmm. He looks totally fine. Didn't it look like he was feeling it at all. Wasn't even like, you know, shaking his head or wobbling his head like you saw Tua doing, like, oh, trying to shake the cobwebs out. None of that kind of stuff. But completely fine. And yet they still took him out and they had to put in their backup for the remaining of the half. And they were weren't able to move the ball at all and they had to kick a field goal. So I mean, yeah, you want to protect the players. Ah, that's really got to be a better judgment call, in my opinion. Like you see someone wobbling like Tua was, absolutely get him off the field. But Herbert looked totally fine. I mean, guys get big hits all the time, like receivers and running backs, and they pop back up and and they're fine. Herbert, it didn't look good, but after that initial hit, he looked completely fine. So they've they've got to address that. That really hurt the Chargers. But other than that, yeah, Chargers still misses some receivers. So would like to see what Herbert would look like if these guys faced again later, which would only happen in the Super Bowl. So it's probably not going to happen. But and they were both healthy. Man, that would that would uh, it would be another really close match again. Um, but yeah, with uh, the 49ers, with their defense, their pass rush, if they can just just pin their ears back and rush you, it's going to be a long day. So Chargers needed to run the ball a little bit more and they weren't really able to. So I think that ultimately was was the difference.
0: All right, well, let's move on to Monday night football and somebody's O had to go. That was the Philadelphia Eagles falling to the Washington Commanders 32 21 and them 72 dolphins are cracking the corks off of champagne Old uh, and uh, and definitely celebrating their still undefeated season and only undefeated season um this was a story of turnovers right uh i think uh Philadelphia up to this point had not turned the ball over more than three times on the season. And I believe they turned it over four. I know that there was three fumbles for sure. And I think there was actually an interception as well. Um, this was just an abysmal performance uh, by uh, Philadelphia in, in Philadelphia uh, losing to a commander's team that actually seems to be on the rise, seems to be doing a lot of better, a lot better finding their groove uh, uh, with uh, Taylor Heineke as their quarterback, um, finding, uh, spreading the ball, running the ball, uh, they're, they're, they're definitely improving on all aspects of their game. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely a game that I I thought the Eagles should have won. Uh, maybe they thought that as well and didn't prepare as well for this one. Not sure. Um, but of course, uh, don't plan on this really affecting the outlook of the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't see them going on a, you know, a, a 10 game losing streak. Um, you know, I, I see them, uh, 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 just getting back on the saddle uh, uh, next week. Actually, next week I think is their questionable game. Um, I'd have to look at that to see who they got. But uh, nonetheless, what did you think of the performance? What did you think of uh, of that game last night? Uh, and 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 what are you thinking uh, moving forward?
1: Yeah, it just goes to show you that in the NFL, you know, if you you turn the ball over like that, almost any team is going to get you. Let alone the team that's kind of up and coming a little bit. They're they're kind of. I think they might be at five hundred now. Uh, the commanders. Uh, but we've yes, been talking about five. it. Yeah, we've been talking about it for the last several weeks with uh, Heineke that the team really rallies around him and the energy that he brings, the competitiveness. You know, they, they really rally around that and they play much better. So you give them that many opportunities to come back at you. You know, they, they can take advantage of it. Yes, there were some calls here and there that, you know, some people are going to want to complain about, which is valid. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you turn it over like that. At home, on the road, doesn't matter. You're going to get beat most often than not. We did see the Chiefs lose their turnover battle three to nothing, and I think they were the first team to lose the turnover battle by three and still win a game all season. So it just shows you that you turn the ball over like that, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You're not going to win, even if you're a great football team like the Eagles look like they are. Um, but yeah the commanders are not an easy out maybe they took them a little bit lightly Eagles were kind of uh, enjoying their own scent too much and uh, they just had they just had a bad day at the office with uh, some uncharacteristic plays like that one deep pass that hurts completed and the guy catches yeah. it. Falls over and then he gets pops up. up and fumbles. It almost looked like he didn't even need to fall over in the first place. Like he yeah. almost could have caught it and just kept running. But he stretches out for the ball, falls over, gets up, and then fumbles. Those are, those are backbreakers. Those are huge momentum swingers. And you have too many of those. And yeah, the, the other team's going to take advantage. Absolutely,
0: and 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 you know the NFC East uh, is still a beast, you know, and of course uh, the Commanders sitting at five hundred, five and five, and uh, obviously the bottom, uh, the bottom. Well, you know who uh, you know who's loving this loss.
1: You know who's loving this loss also is uh, Minnesota, because now you got two teams with one loss. Who's going to end up getting that number one seed? So it's going to be a race to the finish between those teams. Who's going to want that home
0: field advantage? That's a great point. That's a great point. And also, uh, the Eagles, they're, they're going to take on um – the Colts next week. So Jeff Saturday oh, yeah. <laughs> has to prepare for the eight and one, uh, uh, Eagles. It was a lot stick easier. To the formula, Saturday. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot easier to go against the Raiders to get that, that win, but, uh, that that'll be a good one. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Do you to know that where one? that one the is? Formula. Uh, I believe that one is in Philadelphia. Okay. Hold on real quick. Um, I can, uh, look that up. Cause uh, yeah, if
1: they're in the dome, you know, the Colts. They're
0: in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're hey, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis
1: can make it close they stick yeah. to the run you know matt ryan makes some good vet plays their colts defense is, is pretty solid up front you know and uh they've got that game closer in uh old stefan gilmore so
0: they can make it interesting and speaking uh, of that, the Vikings, they're heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Uh, yeah, Excuse me. Uh, they're in on. Minnesota. They're in Minnesota. Oh, the Cowboys okay. are coming to to them. So that'll be yeah. another great game. Another to, great. To, to, yeah, absolutely. These 8-1 and one teams, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, in, in the power structure, the power dynamic has completely shifted, completely changed. Um, maybe we got to do that. We got to do a show up here uh, soon where we uh, revisit our picks for uh, the division leaders, uh, ones to win out the division and yeah, wild cards. Yeah
1: just past the halfway mark so yeah Yeah. maybe next show yeah let's do it next show
0: let's do that and maybe we do our uh, top 10 uh, quarterback picks again because that was fun Uh, And and I'm sure that's shifted dramatically. Justin Fields at the top. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Sideline the Agenda. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. I'm Scott. That's Chris. And you've been listening to Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.